So I got a message yesterday from one of our listeners. Oh. And they were asking very politely, like it was a good conversation. So shouts to Sarah. I'm going to read your comment later on. But one of the comments as we were going back and forth. She asked, uh, when's the best time to like message us? So that she's not spoiling anything. Like if you have any questions. And I said, I'd become, I feel so confident that I've become so good at ducking spoilers that anytime's fine. Because I'll just avoid, like if I see something that I'm not supposed to be seeing because I haven't watched the episode, I'm confident in my skills to duck and dodge any spoilers on social media. So then, last night, my friend had a Zoom party because it was his birthday. So we had some drinks. And then after said Zoom party, I just went on social media. I don't even know why. Because it was like 4 a.m. in the morning. And the first thing I saw someone message us, it just said, Josh. And then I stopped paying attention to the message. But in my peripheral Twitter reading skills, it was something to the effect of, what is Josh doing? (laughs) And I laughed because I'm like, that's not really a spoiler. (laughs) Because that could mean so many things. (laughs) And I love it so much because I love this show and it kind of made me giddy going in because I was like, all right, Josh is going to do something Josh like, which is always entertainment because it's always something dumb. Yeah, uh, I want to second what you said, you because uh, I actually had a listener literally just message us or message me as you're speaking. It. Uh, Mona seven was very mm-hmm. cautiously trying to like not spoil things. Which we appreciate. Which I appreciate, but like honestly, I don't care. First of all, I don't care about like spoilers in life. Like people, <laughs> okay. people can be like, "Yeah, Bruce Willis was dead throughout the Sixth Sense. It's cool to me. I don't care. Like I still like watching it. Like it doesn't throw me off." Also, yeah. My apologies if I just spoiled a twenty-year-old movie for people. Um, but yeah, I I typically dodge them. I also typically have my phone away Wednesday nights. Either I'm at work or if yeah. I'm not at work, I'm at home. I just mm-hmm. like I just tune out. I stay off social media. Um, I and like you, sometimes if I catch myself scrolling through Twitter or whatever, it's very easy for me to just I don't know. As soon as I realize it's challenge related, I just scroll past. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, Let's do some intro. Josh doing Josh things. Josh, I can't wait to talk about Josh. But let's introduce <laughs> ourselves. We let's let's wait long enough to introduce ourselves. I'm John Shipley Hill, and I am Sheldon Alexander. And and John, feel free to cut down that intro any way you see nope. you see fit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I will let the listeners know here on you killed it. We hardly ever edit the podcast. Like, I think mm-hmm. maybe, like, we cut, I'll cut something, like, I cut the beginning and add the intro bumper, and I cut the ending to add the outro bumper, and, like, every so often, like, I had to cut some things out, like, last week I got a phone call I had to take in the middle of the podcast, uh, a couple weeks before that, I insulted some people uh, by name <laughs> on the podcast, like, people we know in real life, I'm like, mm, not a great look, so I cut that out. Basically, Sheldon's perfect, and I have to cut out my parts because I have a hotter temper than Sheldon and say things I regret when I'm thinking about it and like hearing it played back. But typically, when you like listen to You Killed It, it's like 90 minutes of uncut conversation without any changes made. 
Maybe I'll crank someone's Except for volume. when I fuck up something technically. <laughs> I mean, that happens sometimes, too. That's, that's, uh, that, those are the cuts. I have to cut things when Sheldon makes technical errors, and I have to cut things when I say things will regret. Because sometimes yeah. it's early in the morning, and I'm punchy, and I'm just throwing bombs, and then I regret it in the afternoon once I've had a coffee. Speaking of throwing bombs, though, there's some bombs thrown oh, in this episode. What a beautiful segue. I just, off the top, I had to say, so we pick up this episode from where we left off mm-hmm. last episode. Literally, people returning to the bunker after Jay wins, or not Jay, after D wins, excuse me, after D wins the elimination. And the first thing I noticed was as they're walking down the hallway into the bunker, who's right there with D? Rogan. Rogan. Things, suddenly yeah. things are cool between D and Rogan, and that subtly sets the tone for this episode. Yeah, I mean, still, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm still over it. I don't even want to hear about them. It's like, whatever. Uh, I'm here for this Ouija board. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you can tell how bored they are. Yeah. Right? Like, you're, you're basically getting... Because they made up their own Ouija board, and... Bear, Tori, Kayla, and Big T are playing, and Bear is just using this as another effort to just flirt with Kayla. Yeah. Which you know what, you got to give the man credit for persistence. You do have you right? do have to give Bear credit for persistence. We could talk a lot about how society encourages men to be romantic, romantically persistent, and sometimes it's problematic. But that's probably mm-hmm. a conversation for a different sort of podcast. Um, Correct. But it's working. Like, he is laying down <laughs> yeah. game, and it is working. Also, to your point about how bored they are, you know you're bored when you're building things. And that's not to knock Correct. on, like, carpenters or anything. I just mean that, like, if you're like, oh, man, how are we going to spend an hour? Let's make a Ouija board. <laughs> Probably means you're right? bored. Um, For sure. And Bear's just messing with her so much. Kayla's falling for it. It's it's funny, and Bear's still shooting his shot. He asks Wes jokingly what he should do, and they're laughing, they're joking around. I thought, and then we get sorry, I just got sorry, to, I go thought on. that was the most charismatic thing Bear has ever done. When he was asking Wes for <laughs> advice. Like Yeah. In front of in Kayla. In front of Kayla, but like Wes, who hates Bear, was into it. Mm-hmm. And like Anissa, who is too old for this bullshit, is also like, all right, this is pretty good. Because I think we can't just glaze over the fact of how boring it is in the house. And so you need Bear to provide some form of entertainment. It also seems like he's toned down his personality from previous seasons a little bit and i know like he still you know sprayed a fire extinguisher into a can like <laughs> into a room yes like he's still doing bare shit bear. but it's less i don't know less sloppy like it seems like you know what it is we're seeing less of bear drunk and i don't know if they've limited how often they drink they're still drinking for sure mm-hmm. we see some scenes where they've been drinking but it, it, he seems a little slightly more contained like previous seasons he was at an 11 now he's at like an 8 or a 9 you know what I mean and like he's definitely no, winning for people sure. over including Kayla 
He's definitely winning over Kayla for sure. Um, he's not winning over Jenna, which we'll get to in a bit. But we get some, I guess, foreshadowing because we've already seen the in the trailer and the teases for the season, Zach and Jenna arguing. But now we're getting them playing nice. Mm-hmm. So they're they're drop they're planting the seeds, right? Yeah. And Zach's at home. Obviously, he's missing Jenna. They're having their little back and forth. But my question to you here was. So Jenna went on the show and she says, I'm, you know, I'm just happy I'm here to try to win some money. We're trying to, like, get our life situated, blah, blah, blah. Between the two of them, who has a better chance of winning money, right? Because clearly it was like, oh, well, one of us will go on, not both. So does Jenna have a better chance at winning or is that Zach? I mean, I would say historically Zach has the better chance of winning. I agree been a runner-up he well he's won he's won a season Mm -hmm. but he's also been a runner-up recently yeah but i think his heart hasn't been in it lately and also i feel like i say this all the time they also get paid per episode and jenna probably zach and jenna probably know that this stage jenna would be would last longer on the show just because, like, Jenna's super popular, and rightly so, because she's, like, super nice and, like, low-key and, and yeah. fun. So if they're just looking for that appearance fee paycheck... Jenna can slide a little Jenna further along. Okay, right? And also... Correct. They probably... I mean, the cast members... When the casting call goes out, all the cast members chat with each other. So Jenna probably knew... That two of her best friends in Nani and Kayla were gonna go. Zach probably mm-hmm. looked and was like, eh, things aren't so great with bananas these days. I love Jordan and Tori, but like I don't wanna hang with them that much. Like I just finished a season where it's basically the three of us hanging out and so like, how about Jenna, you go because you know two of your best friends are gonna be there. And like more likely that you'll stay because you have a built in alliance. Also, uh, I don't have that built-in alliance, so I don't know. They, they probably did the math. Although, then again, no yeah. one's hack and Jenna. Maybe they did not do the math. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm we'll see, too much We'll better. see where that goes for sure. We shall see where that goes for sure. Um, if we skip ahead a bit to Josh and Wes on the treadmill, and I didn't realize... Like, I thought they were joking around. Like, I didn't realize, like, this was, like, kind of a thing. Yeah. In the beginning, because they're kind of, like, laughing and joking around. But (laughs) they're on the treadmill, and Wes is, like, kind of making fun of them. Like, hey, why are you following me? Blah, blah, blah. And we get a... (laughs) We get a confessional from Josh where he says, Coming from Big Brother, I have a whole different strategy socially and politically. We... I Sorry. Let me rephrase that. I don't want to misquote Josh. He says, Coming from Big Brother... Clearly, I have a whole different strategy socially and politically that I bring to the game that this game has never seen. Where, like, what is the the furthest that Josh has made? Has Josh made a final? Like, is Josh successful in this game? No, he has not made a final. Not that I could think. I'm hesitating because I know I was wrong about the Nelson... Uh, eliminations, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, so I'm sure someone will correct us if I'm wrong. But what does Josh bring to the challenge? 
And again, I will use this opportunity to remind everyone. Yes, Josh won Big Brother, but he won Big Brother in the worst way possible. He was put up there as a pawn each and every week, not on purpose. And he only won because everyone was so salty because of the great game that the person Josh was going against in the final. Everyone was so salty and hurt at how well that person did that out of spite, they voted for Josh, who everyone knew did not deserve to win, much less even make it to the finals. So he won Big Brother by fluke. I just And I know that sounds like hate. But he won Big Brother by fluke. Uh, thank you. So I don't know who he's trying to fool thank here. Thank you for buying us some time because I looked up Josh's record. Uh, he's never made a final. He, in War of the Worlds 2, he lasted 13 mm -hmm. episodes. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, before losing to Jordan in End of the Road. So that's last that's year. last season. That's last season, which I'll get to at the very end. I'll get yeah. to that. Because I can't even lie to you, I went back to look at what I wrote from that episode because it's going to come up later well, on. Well, I think that's... I agree. Like, this was a dynamic I wasn't aware of mm -hmm. until, like, this scene. I was like, oh, this is not... Like, are they kidding? Like, what's happening here? And... Yeah. It and also, <laughs> one thing that was in my mind was that, as you might recall, at the end of last season... There was mm -hmm. a, uh, at the reunion, Wes couldn't be at the reunion, but he called in and he basically yep. told off the internet for giving Josh and Laurel such a hard time and was like, hey, it's just a game. Like, we're cool. Like, don't worry about it. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was like, and like Josh and Laurel both responded well to that in person and on Twitter where they're like. You know, that's why we love Wes. Like, keeps it in perspective. Real, real world versus the challenge world. We're all good. Yeah. No problems. So. so then it's so weird to see Josh now in a position where... He, and I love that Wes is calling him out for it, right? Because Wes is like, I don't get why this guy thinks he's on my level. Yeah. Which I totally agree with. Wes says he's in the major leagues and you're in the minor leagues. Which who would disagree yeah. with that? I don't know who would disagree Aside with that. Josh. So, I don't. Even, I bet you, if you ask Josh truthfully, he would probably disagree with. He would agree with that as well. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but then there's a weird scene that I don't really understand what's happening, where uh, Wes is working out yeah. with uh, Corey and Nelson, and they're on the turf, the like fake turf that's laid down, and you can see it's kind of like folding up at certain points, but it seems like an easy fix. It seems like not a big deal at all. Jordan appears to get mad, and then Wes comes over to confront him, and then they end up like screaming in each other's faces. What, like, I wrote down simply, what is going on here? Can you explain to me, John, what was going on here? Because I really didn't get My it. My best guess is that they're just, like, stir-crazy. Right? Like, this is <laughs> yeah. this is Wes and Jordan's equivalent of the Ouija board. And, yeah. you know, they're, they, they're both... As, I forget who. Someone said in confessional that they're both alphas. Maybe it's D who said it. But mm -hmm. they're both trying to be the alpha male. Yep. And Jordan also has complained on previous seasons, regardless of Wes, that he feels like he's always the one to clean up the house. 
Okay. Yes, that is true. Good so, call. So, you know, this is probably like Jordan. Jordan obviously has a hard time biting his tongue. And so I think Jordan's original comment where he is like, hey, like, stop fucking up the turf. And Wes is like, don't worry, we'll handle it. And then Jordan was like, nah, I'll, I'll fix it because I always fix it. I think that was Jordan just being like an annoyed housemate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've all had roommates and you like you bite heads with your roommate because like they ate your peanut butter or whatever. Like, I think that was where Jordan was coming from. And then Wes was like, I am so sick of this guy being cocky and arrogant and rude to me. And I am not going to tolerate any more disrespect. So he's also jacked up from like working out like the testosterone was going. Yeah. And Wes says, you know, don't talk to me like you talk to everyone else in the house. Like I'm not them. Then does he go too far when he says, don't talk to me like how you talk to your wife. Is that going too I far? I thought that was too far. I did. Okay. Um, not just because like it does, like I was just finished praising Wes for separating the real world, like real life from the mm-hmm. challenge. And it seemed like Wes just brought real life into the challenge. It's harder because like Tori is part of the challenge. But also, it's just, it's such a bad look for Wes to make it that personal over essentially a fight about who's going to clean things up. Yeah, like I thought it was a dumb argument altogether it and it, argument. it was kind of weird for Wes to pull that up, but why does Jordan have a huge sausage in Wes's face and telling him to eat his dick? I was kind of just like, what is happening right now? It's just such a weird it was a weird play by Jordan Yeah, that like I think Wes was probably so thrown off and then now the part that we we will never fully understand being on a show like this is there's moments where clearly they're just trying to one-up each other, yeah. right? And so you know the cameras are on. You know you're in an argument. So you know this is going to make the episode. So you're going back and forth with someone and you're thinking, oh, no, I can't lose this argument. He's making a fool of me. He's waving this huge sausage in my face. What can I say to kind of one-up him? It was just weird altogether, but I think they both kind of realized that it was dumb. But that was where we saw the line that we've been seeing the whole time of Jordan saying he's mentally in the game or whatever the quote is. Which is funny because, like, in that context, like, when we first, when we always saw that line in trailers, I was always like, oh, this, they're having, like, a heated, like, you just nominated me sort of, like, <laughs> you're campaigning against me moment. But it was over the turf getting like knocked up yeah i definitely thought it would have been something more important but for like, sure i would argue that in that moment jordan's head was not in the game it was on like keeping the house <laughs> clean mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. part of the game you know what i mean i also think mm-hmm. that it, like no they totally. both they're both reality tv veterans right they both started on the real world they both obviously have between the two of them what like 20 seasons on the challenge like they have done a lot of time on reality tv between the two of them they know the camera's there they know that they're Mm -hmm. two of the stars of the show they know that any heated interaction between them is going to be on that highlight reel 
maybe not make a trailer, yeah. but like the, there's a bit of, there's an aspect of performance, right? Like they know on some level. For sure. The two people, though, I'm going to give the most credit to is one, Johnny Bananas, who at one point Jordan tries to bring him in and Bananas is like, nope, keep me out of this yeah. one. And he just sort of sit backs and sits back and watches. And then Corey, who says, I don't know what's going on right now, but we have two of the strongest dudes going at each other and it's a guy's elimination week so i'm just gonna sit back and i'll continue we've been saying it every week Corey's playing things super smart yeah right like we see a dumb move from Corey coming up but <laughs> in terms of gameplay he's playing he's playing his cards right at this point gotta give him credit for that he is uh and nelson too like they could like they were just as involved in that mm-hmm. turf but they just totally like, let it roll off their backs. It's it's a, it's a good look from Corey and Nelson, and yeah, Johnny. I actually, I really think that, by and large, Johnny and Wes have done a good job of appearing to not be on each other's side. They haven't fooled everyone. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk to that. We'll speak to that. Yeah. But like that's that's such a classic example of Johnny by staying out of it. It's a good look mm-hmm. for their alliance. You know what I mean? For sure. And from a good look from Johnny and Corey to a good look from Jenna. Yes. Who really does a good job here. And, you know, you mentioned real life and challenge life. Jenna does a good job here playing the role of your best friend. Where, you know, you you have that one friend that'll talk you down, that'll, you know save you in moments of you getting in your own way and jenna sits kayla down and she basically says okay so what's really going on with this bear thing because i feel like it's kind of getting out of hand and kayla's telling her no like everything's fine like i've told them multiple times i have a boyfriend i'm not interested and you know like we go back and forth i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm like intrigued by him he's funny i like hanging out with them he keeps things loose but she's saying that she's okay. And at that point, I give Jenna credit because I think your duty as the friend is, even if you know your friend is about to make the mistake, you at least got to be that that barrier to where you bring it up and then you let them make their own decisions because they're grown-ass people. Yeah. So I respect it. I like what I Jenna did. I respect it. And also, I mean, I think Jenna has always had a good moral compass. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, you know, she's remembering that, you know, two or three or four or five weeks from now, they're both going to have to go back into the real world and, like, yeah. answer questions. And at least Jenna can say, I spoke to her about it. I tried. And also, you never know. Maybe Kayla doesn't realize how into Bear she is. Like, maybe... Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that, but I've certainly had a moment where I've had to say Definitely. to friends we all where I'm have. like, hey, buddy, you know that you like that person, right? Like, I'm like, it's cool. Totally. I'm not judging you, but like, there's te- there's sexual tension there. Just like, you feel it, right? And like, sometimes they haven't. It happens. And also the way that uh, Jenna brings it up, she says... I also just want you to be careful because you know how things can get misinterpreted or misconstrued. True. You don't want someone to take something out of context, which I thought was also really smart as well. Jenna just bringing but, good advice. 
Jenna is good peoples. D is not good peoples. And I don't understand why D is someone who repeatedly appears to be someone calling shots in this season. Or, like, not actually calling shots, but playing the role as if she's calling shots. So her and Wes sit down, and they're trying to think of a way that they can throw Jordan in. And Wes brings up, hey... You know, maybe we just start throwing them into every single elimination. And I'm thinking, wait, what? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. But I was just, the whole conversation just made me mad because I'm like, why is D? D is nobody. Yeah, she is a skull. Cool. Just be quiet and play her position. I don't I, know. That was my take on I, that. What do, what do you think, thoughts on D and, and uh, Wes's convo there? I understand why Wes spoke with her. Because he doesn't have, she's who he trusts most in the house. And I understand yeah. their history. And I understand that although Johnny is probably his most important alliance member, that it's it would still at this point be hard to trust Johnny all the way. They're still yeah. building that trust, right? Like they have 10 years of history, most of it negative. It would be hard to not... No, for so sure. I get that. But I feel like the male side of the house is still playing this season like like it's a previous season. Where they're like, oh, just keep throwing the yeah. same guy in over and over and over again. Whereas, and this comes up later, like, someone, like, you have to go in. Like, you personally have to go in at some point. Yeah. That's no, what for matters. Sure. As much as you dislike, like, it's to your advantage to keep Jordan out of eliminations. Sure, he's going yeah. to annoy you, but eventually, like, he, he's going to be gone, or, like, he won't be able to compete in the elimination. And that's where you heard him, is in his bank account, mm -hmm. right? Like, so, like, why yeah. give him the opportunity to go to the final? I don't understand yeah. that. you got to be worrying about getting yourself into the final. That's why... I know CT lost to Jay, but CT's strategy was actually the best strategy where it's like, I'm going to get in as fast as possible, and then I'm just going to like chill in the cut. <laughs> like, then I don't have to worry about politics. I just have to train, which frankly in CT's case is important to like work himself into shape. But like, I'm just going to like work out, eat food, have a beer, get some rest. Like, that's how I'm going to like live my life. That's... West should be following that example, but he's having a hard time because yeah. that's not his usual game. Like I think what we really see in this episode is Wes having a hard time adjusting and adapting his game, right? And, yeah, and that's part and, of his conversation. Uh, yeah, totally for sure. I think that's a, a weird one for sure. Um, we head to the actual challenge of these this episode and i thought this was a pretty cool challenge just because like shouts to the stunt driver which i wrote that in the beginning but tj when when you first see the car i was like yo tj can't be driving this car right you never know like i thought that first second i'm like he's not that badass he can't be driving the car but he's definitely riding shotgun and i love the way that they cut it together because I rewound it to check. I was like, hold on. Was this guy not wearing a helmet? Like, there's no way the stunt driver's wearing a helmet and TJ's riding shotgun and he's not wearing a helmet. So, but also, too, on another note, 
because as I think about this on the fly, it's also possible that they just edited TJ getting out of the car. So like my guy's on the two wheels, he drives up, they stop, TJ gets in, then he drives normally in front of them, and TJ gets out of the car. Right? Like that's entirely yeah. possible too. We don't know. I but imagine TJ either way, Lavin, though, is going to be like, yo, you're putting me in that fucking car. But that's what I'm saying. Either way, the way that they cut it together, it looked badass. Him getting out of the car, not wearing a helmet, <laughs> right? <laughs> After the uh, shit was on two wheels. I was like, all right, TJ, I see you. Who had been in a medically induced coma for weeks. Like, I don't worry about my brain health. He actually posted a photo on Instagram this past week, like a throwback Thursday photo. Of him, like, mm -hmm. on his BMX bike, midair, doing the trick without a helmet. He's like, I forgot we didn't wear helmets back then. Yes. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. You kids, you missed out Super on the crazy, 80s and 90s. When personal safety. I don't know if people realize this. Concussions didn't exist until about 2010. So, like, yeah. you just didn't get wasn't brain injuries back then. Yep, wasn't a thing at all. Um, but this challenge was called Bomb Squad, which we're not going to lie was weird because I just finished watching the final season of Homeland. Oh, yeah, okay. Which obviously, you know, a lot of the themes in Homeland is about bombs and people getting bombed and shit. Um, but also, on a complete side note, and I know I'm throwing us off on a no, tangent here, it. around episode eight of this season, Hillary Jardine pops up in Homeland. Yes. You didn't know that who we went to high school. You didn't with. know that she's on Homeland. So the thing was, I felt like I remember it, like I remember hearing the news, like whenever it was announced. Yeah. But it didn't really register because I I just was behind in watching this season, and so I kind of remembered, but not really. And then because it was so late into the season, when she did pop up, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So. For those of you who are familiar with Hillary's work, Hillary Jardine is an actress. She was on the TV show Van Helsing, and she was on yes. Homeland. Uh, mm -hmm. She's on something else recently. That's going to bother me. I'm not going to look it up. But Hillary's a friend of ours. When we were in uh, high school, me, Sheldon, and Hillary were all in Mr. Vethamene's grade 12 law class together. Whoa, I almost That's forgot right. about that class. How could I forget it? I can't we, forget about no that class. Deal, this class is crazy. Watched, uh, the second plane crashed <laughs> during September 11th together. The three of us, among others. There's other people in the class. Also in that class was future Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Nick Kordick. <laughs> Sheldon is just dying That's right hilarious. now. So a weird thing about That's our high amazing. school is that it was a big arts high school. So we also went to high school with Pat Adams from Suits, who is a grade older than us. And he's friends with Hillary. Yeah. I didn't really know Pat. I don't know if you did, Sheldon. But no. Yeah. No, no, so no. So just, just to blow people's mind. That's uh, Mike Ross for the layman yes. who might just be familiar Mike with Ross Suits. From Suits. So in other words, Sheldon and I are just like two degrees separated from Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I guess he's no longer. He's the prince. prince Harry before Prince That's Harry. Right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, off on uh, our typical northern yeah. tangent. I just wanted to put in people's mind's eye that in the like late '90s, early 2000s, all those people were hanging out in the same building. Granted, a gigantic building, but in the same building, and four of us were in the same classroom. 
at the same time. Also, so, Matt Black of the Toronto Argonauts would have been not in that class with us, but also in the same building as us. So just to round this off, Cab, like you know Cabby, yeah. right? When I used to work with him at the score, he would always, like he, a part of his job, he was traveling all over the place all the time, right? And he would come back every weekend. He'd come back and he'd be like, Shelly, seriously, man, I don't get you northern people. Like how many people went to your school? No matter where I go, I meet someone that says, hey, I know Sheldon from northern. And he's like, what? Like he's like, no matter where I'm at. He's like, I was in London, England and bumped into someone that said they knew you from northern. He's like, I'm like, hey, man, we're everywhere. I, I don't know what to tell if you. If you look up way, way, way back, Cabby on the streets when he was on the score, there's an episode mm-hmm. that I'm on because I cut class oh. at Northern and he stopped me okay. to ask me a question about how many black players there were in the NHL at the time. <laughs> I did not yeah, know this Yeah, so that was all. like grade 10 or 11. So again, just to put it full circle, Sheldon and I knew each other. I got interviewed by Cabby Richards, who's like a sports personality in Canada. And then Sheldon, mm-hmm. like... Four years later, was working with Cabby and friends with Cabby, and we were all that's me, insane. Sheldon, I didn't know that. Hillary Jardine, Pat Adams, Nick Cordick, Matt Black, all at high school together at the same time. Also, we've never even spoken about our connection to Big Brother Canada. Liza Stinton, who was also in our grade, <laughs> was on Big Brother Canada season one. I forgot about and that. Also That's incredible. She was on like a Pizza Nova ad. But so like Sheldon and I would have law <laughs> class oh. in the morning. And then I had English class with Liza who went on to Big Brother Canada in the afternoon. Just your memory is way better than mine. I totally forgot about just that. Six degrees of separation wow. all through Northern wow. Secondary School. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is actually layers insane. upon layers. Um, I don't even know how we got. Oh, bomb That's squad, right. bomb squad. I was like, how did we get here? Bomb squad, homeland, Hillary Jardine, Northern. Okay, that's how we got there. there. You go. Back to the challenge. Bomb squad is what this challenge was called, and this was crazy because there's so many different parts to it, right? Like, one person has to get into the car. And the car tips over on the two wheels. You have to pop up, pop your head out the window, be able to read parts of a math equation. You will then radio that to your next partner. That partner has to solve the math equation. Then they have to tell the answer to the next person who then has to solve the color code for the answer of the math equation. Then they have to run the three sticks poles i don't know what they're called they have to run that to the last person who then has to put them into the bomb and detonate it there's a lot of stuff going on here and it's really sounds a lot more complex than it actually was but i was entertained by this challenge um the one thing i want to ask you though is again we get the situation where the teams are randomly selected and i know someone messaged us and i don't remember who it was but I, oh no, it was on YouTube because I wrote something. Someone was like, the, they, their comment was just the teams were randomly selected, and I was like, oh, you don't understand what we're saying. Like we're mocking that fact because of course the teams are not randomly selected. Yeah. I'm a producer, meaning you as a producer, you would control the outcome. You're trying to control the outcomes as much as possible to put people in positions where they can. I'm wreck glad shit. you brought up the randomly selected thing. 
because I mean, you and I always say it in air quotes, so let's be very explicit. When TJ Lavin says that they were randomly selected, they were not randomly selected. <laughs> the producers choose so the here, group here are the specifically. Teams. And like further yeah. to this point, if they truly were randomly selected, they would show us the random selection because it would add drama and tension. Right? Exactly. Like, think of the reaction yep. shots of like Jordan be like, oh, I have to work with so-and-so. You know what I mean? They wouldn't mm-hmm. mess up that opportunity if they had it. Go ahead, Sheldon. For sure. So here are the teams. Team one, you got Jay, Kayla, Wes, and Nani. Pretty solid team. Team two, Tori, Bear, D, and Bananas. Team three is Maddie, Rogan, Nelson, and Big T. Team four, Casey, Swaggy C, Josh, and Jenny. Team five, DJ Mel, Bailey, Kyle, and Corey. And team six, Fessy, Anissa, Jordan, and Jenna. So, solid teams. Solid teams. And I thought this challenge was really cool. And I thought it would be a lot easier. And then I saw the first two teams screw up. So I was like, wait, is there something wrong with the walkie-talkies? Like, they just couldn't get it. Like, they couldn't communicate. Like, Bananas was in the car. He gives it to Bear, but Bear didn't hear, like, the first number. So that messed up the whole thing. So they were out. And then the next team, it was kind of the same thing, right? Like, uh, who was it? Corey messed up? Yeah. No, it wasn't Corey. It wasn't Corey. Who was it? Um, uh, Bananas was in the car. Uh, Tori and D, they messed that no, up. And then it was... Oh, who am I skipping it was, here? First up, it was Jay fucks up and doesn't see that it's ah. the first part of the equation is 85 divided by 5 which is 17 yes and then then it was bananas then it was bananas and bear didn't catch him say 85 he heard the 5 and thought he said 25 yes he had 25 up there at first yeah and bear jokes again because he never misses an opportunity to mention his flirting with kayla he mentions oh maybe he was distracted by kayla which, come on, man. So, then we get your man's Nelson. He's super confident going in. And Maddie, with one of the liners of the episode, one of, she says, I think I'm going to do pretty well in this because I've been hanging out of car windows giving my number to boys for years. I, I, <laughs> Which I thought was very I loved good. it. I laughed. But I was a little mad at her for not just fully quoting TLC. Leaning out her best friend's ride <laughs> from the passenger side, trying to holler at me. You know, if, I, well I, have a, I live well my life by certain rules, Sheldon. And one of them is, if you can quote TLC's No Scrubs, you do it. Like, you can't <laughs> not do it. It's an all-time banger. What a moment in time. No Scrubs and then the follow-up, No Pigeons. Yeah, no Pigeons is trash. By Sporty Thieves. No Pigeons is trash. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. It's kind of but funny. It was, uh, it was just funny that people could make just a response song. <laughs> it was like, wait, who's Sporty Thieves? <laughs> but it became pretty popular. Well, because... It was a thing. Because guys thing. had to defend themselves against pigeons. I guess so. I really felt like they made up the term pigeons specifically for that song. Like, I don't really remember that being <laughs> slang. Do you? Yeah, I, I do. But I don't know if it became... Uh, I do, but I don't remember the order of things. Like, did they 
expound on it and make it bigger or did they play off of it already existing i don't remember i'm too old i, I don't think remember. i think no scrubs has to be the title of this episode of you killed it no i had something else of what it should be and i don't remember what it was but maybe we'll get to it at okay. some point all right sheldon i can respect um, that I just, as i said my, so, my life motto is always talk about no scrubs if you can that's fair. That's fair. So Rogan, I don't know if we're going to call him a scrub or not, but he's super confident mm-hmm. and he's confident for a bit. Passes it off to Nelson, who Nelson takes off. But as soon as Nelson takes off, Rogan's questioning himself, right? And Big T puts in the three colors. Rogan thinks he messed up. And guess what? He did because the bomb doesn't go yeah. off. So Rogan's mistake was that he thought that 85 divided by 5 was 19 when as i just said it's 17 mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's definitely like it's obviously wrong that it's not going to be 19 like 19 times 5 does not work out that doesn't make sense 19, yeah to uh uh 200 so what this is our moment i think to say something nice about nelson so i'm going to say it right now okay Nelson really is probably the fastest person in the house. Oh, I think okay. like, maybe like I in don't a know. dead sprint. I think he's the fastest. Yeah. He'd be up there. I, maybe Kyle seems more like a long distance runner, but and we really saw Nelson's speed here, and he didn't let the team down, right? Like he executed with the information he was given. So that's my nice thing to say about Nelson. How about you? What's your Woe uh, Nelly thought? Uh, my nice thing to say about Nelson is he had a nice hat on later oh, on when they oh. went to the club yeah, scene. Yeah, okay, fair. I don't know if I could pull that off. I'm not confident enough to pull that off, but I like his hat. Okay, all right. There we go. Very nice. Look at that. Look at that positivity. Right? So next up, we got Casey, who is relaying the code to Swaggy C. And... Okay, Swaggy C, I don't remember this ever coming up before, but Swaggy says he's the smartest in the house and he used to be a day trader, which did that part come up before? I remember him bragging about how smart he was, but I don't remember him talking about being a day trader. I don't even remember that from Big Brother. Maybe that's a a thing that I forgot, or maybe because he came on calling himself Swaggy C, I just tuned out to him saying that. So I don't... I don't have the his. I have a lot I don't of questions. Have the history with Swaggy C and Bailey that you do. Yeah, but like I thought Swaggy C was a bad nickname. But imagine being—it's a terrible a nickname. Day trader and calling yourself yourself <laughs> Swaggy C, like that makes it so much worse, <laughs> right? Like the, there's few professions <laughs> that would be worse than being a stockbroker of any ilk and being like, oh yeah. I'm Swaggy C. Like, can you imagine, like, maybe an, an accountant would be worse? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I have so many questions about this, though, because at first I was saying, okay, cool. So you're a day trader, so you're good with numbers. But to equate, like, the how good you have to be with numbers to be a day trader to solving this, like, what, grade four level math equation? Like, what, what level of math is this? Right? Like, it's very... It was super funny. Like, when I put that into context, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Also, I mean, this is a classic <laughs> example of, like, book smart versus, like, 
life smart. I would not mm-hmm. say that Swaggy is like smart in terms of like reading people or you know what I mean? Like there's lots of kinds of intelligence and being good at math doesn't make you the smartest person in the house, right? And like, yeah. And I mean, you make a good point because you brought up the fact that I do have more of a bit more of a history with Swaggy C. So I have to like, I have to pause myself a little bit here and there because I remember, or I'm trying to, I guess, wonder what people watching this show so far think of Swaggy C and Bailey, because your opinion would be totally different if you watch them on Big Brother so far, because on this show, they're kind of laying low, kind of, sort of, but doing pretty well so far in the game. But so I didn't know if I was being mean to Swaggy C, but I did write down this comment, a reminder that there's a difference between being a day trader and being a good day trader. Ah, Because if you are a good day trader, well, think about it. If you are a good day trader, why are you on the challenge? You have no need to be on the challenge. If you are a good day trader, fair point. You just be cashing checks. Yeah. But hey, just saying. Just like, saying. So you could be like Wes, where like Wes has taken the money that he's made on 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 the challenge, and use it mm-hmm. as investment capital, right? Like giving himself liquidity. For sure. But that's not the vibe I'm getting from Swaggy C. Like if you're a day trader, that's not investing. That's moving money. Like you can yeah, pop I, it I off of it, but like. Also, I, I hate know. to point it's this interesting. out has not been a good year for the stock exchanges. Wonder if how Swaggy C is doing now with that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, they end up figuring it out. Swaggy obviously gets it right. Their team does a good job. Uh, the next team with Bailey and Melissa and Corey and Kyle. I love how Kyle put it. He said, me and Corey are idiots. So we'll let Melissa and <laughs> Bailey do the work and we'll just do the running. Which, first of all... And yet, Corey still almost messed still, that up. Corey <laughs> almost fucked up running. But I really love Kyle's running theme of Corey and I are stupid. Like, it's a really yeah. bold strategy to always be, like, undercutting yourself like that. But you know what? It's working for him. I think we are actually totally true for one of Kyle's best seasons ever. Just because, like, he's not clouding his mind by hooking up with someone. Mm-hmm. Kara and Polly are back in North America. He's a continents away from them. There's an ocean between yeah. them. And like, no, it's been going, it's well, been going for well for him. So let's talk about Corey. What, like, how? I was blown away. Pardon the pun. That he didn't know where to put the rods. That he, like, moved around the podium where they were supposed to slot the rods in. But also, that he, like, there had previously been an explosion in his vicinity, right? Like, we had just finished seeing. Well, they're at the other end, right? Like, when you start, like, you're not at the end watching it. But you still should be able to see where it was coming yeah. from. Like, it's, it is an explosion. Like, you should be, mm-hmm. have a, a sense like what was he doing and then my favorite part was so he slots one of the things i wondered about was if you had to slot the rods in in the proper order 
right? Because each yeah, I think he did. I don't think he did when he put them in because he was facing it the wrong way. Oh, good point. Good point. And he was so confused. And my favorite thing was he was in such a state of confusion. The explosion goes off behind him, not that far away from him, and he doesn't even react. Like he doesn't like he puts the rods in confused and then the explosion goes off yeah like i know yeah. cool guys aren't supposed to re- react to explosions but like he was out like he had no clue where he was and all he had to do was run what like 200 meters maybe yeah. 400 is less than a kilometer for sure well as unsmooth as Corey looked jenna <laughs> with the next group as nelson so eloquently put it Jenna was all smiles, looking like she was on Baywatch or something. And she's just, like, running, all smiles, just, like, making it look easy. Making it look super easy. And that team also got it right. As she was running and she had that huge grin on her face, I, like, was taking notes about, like, it's hilarious that Jenna's just, like, smiling and living her best life. And then they had Nelson comment on it, which could have been, I guess, like, my nice thing to say about Nelson. But, like, I love Jenna so much because she's just, like, she has it in perspective. Like, I, She seems like a good person. She seems like the best person on the show. Like, the strongest yep. moral compass seems really nice, like, easy to, like, hang out with, easy to talk to. No one seems to have anything bad to say about her Mm -hmm. and like why wouldn't you be smiling like what a ridiculous life that you're living that you just have to carry like they look like pool noodles that they're carrying a little skinnier but like you're just carrying three rods or sticks or whatever and she probably runs all the time and you're earning Mm -hmm. like good cash for this and your appearance fees yeah, smile. <laughs> not a bad gig, not a bad gig. So it comes down to teams four and team six, and the winning team ends up being Swaggy, Josh, Casey, and Jenny. They become the tribunal, and I guess at some point I gotta start putting some respect on Swaggy's name, because my guy's doing well so far. Um, I will not put respect on Josh's name, who right away says, Pack your bag, Weston. And Wes just says, this reeks of jealousy. You know you're in trouble when TJ chimes in. And he's like, I smell it all the time, man. It's brutal. So TJ wasn't my MVP of this episode, but he very easily could have been. TJ had, he was coming with it this whole episode. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, But yeah, we get back to the house, right? And there's some drama starting to build as Wes is obviously trying to campaign to get numbers to get Jordan up and out of yeah. here. And I love Jordan's response. And this is a reminder for people who are new to the challenge, right? At the end of the day, regardless of anything that happens, all the politics, all the whatever, at the end of the day, as long as you are confident in yourself going into elimination, you're going to be fine. And there you see Jordan proving that as someone who won last year. And one last year because he had to go into the elimination week after week after week, and they couldn't get him out. So he knows that Wes is trying to like rally numbers against him, and Jordan says, that's fine. I'm good. Maybe it's just my time to go in, and if I do, I want Wes. 
I get to put my hands on them. And I thought, hey, that's a right attitude to have. But who is the voice of reason in the house to calm Wes down? Because we don't know how he, like, how close he got to being able to get the numbers or to try to get the numbers. We don't know that. But who proves to be the voice of reason, John? Jonathan Bananas himself. <laughs> I, I want to point out that when Jordan was having that conversation... Bananas was right there front and center. Like, Mm -hmm. Bananas is in Jordan's circle of trust, which to me says, I mean, it speaks a lot about Jordan's confidence, but it it also speaks to the fact that at least Jordan hasn't quite caught on that Bananas and Wes are working together. And Bananas has a great line to Wes where he says, you said that you're going to be a dead possum, well, you're not. Like, do less. <laughs> yeah. And I, that scene was so interesting to me for so many reasons. It felt like such a genuine conversation between two people that have known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily liked each other, but like that felt like the most real Johnny Bananas has been on this show in a long time like obviously the camera was right there but he was not using his producer voice like he had a different tone of voice his body language was more subdued he was firm like he wasn't like passive but it was much more it's a much more human moment between those two and also the way Wes reacted where Wes was a little sheepish and like recognized that he'd been overplaying his hand like if that yeah. if that can be their dynamic where they can be that genuine with each other, they actually are dangerous. You know what I mean? And like yeah, and I just think it's a smart play, right? It's just a smart play for the both of them, so it totally makes sense. And I love too how when we got to the noms, Wes makes it seem like he's about to say Jordan's name, but then just burns his vote on Kyle. I thought that was a super smart yeah. play, and. The nominations, I just love how it plays out every week because there's such a strategy behind it because you know most of the people are just sitting back and waiting to see where the numbers fall and then how they can just jump on board because in the beginning, it seems to be between Bear and Jay and it's kind of close, And then right? It's not. It, it, it appears to be kind of close and then all of a sudden, it's just not. Like it was close and then they said, all right, I guess the girls have to vote. Right, because they were just going to leave it to the guys, and then all the girls just voted for Jay. There, there's a few key moments that I have to point out. First okay. of all, I thought it was interesting that Wes was the first one to vote. Not yeah, just because he's one of the biggest personalities in the house, but it was obvious that he was sending a signal to his allies not to vote for for Jordan. sure. Like it was obvious that totally. he's like, "I'm going to get my vote out of the way, so people know." I'm not getting for Jordan mm-hmm. and like head this off at the pass. As you said, the men voted first a little surprise. I thought it was interesting that Nelson immediately Nelson was the one to nominate bear. And he cited that he was still that people should still be mad at bear for the fire extinguisher thing. On the one hand, I think that's not, good enough of a reason on the other hand i do see nelson's logic 
where like if you're gonna single people out for anything that is sort of the biggest thing and also nelson and bear yeah. aren't in an alliance so like why not someone's got to go in yep i and i don't think it's a signal that nelson and jay were in any sort of understanding i think nelson just like man jay's done his time <laughs> like that's enough yeah um nelson's been in that position before right where you're the rookie and you just keep getting thrown another in. key vote i thought was jordan nominating himself where he's like, yeah, Bear's my brother, which is incredible to say. And Jay, like, you've done your time. You've got your skulls. I don't want to, like, keep giving you skulls. And Jay made, I think, actually a very good defense of himself when, like, people started to vote for him. Where he's like, guys, like, you, you know you have to win a skull yourself at some point, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't, like, there's, if you think about it, like let's say there's going to be 10 men's eliminations that means that in theory there's there would not be that many let's say there's seven men's eliminations in total that means that there's seven skulls available jay has two of the skulls right like the number is counting down if he wins another skull that means there's only four skulls left only four men right like if you keep putting them in and he keeps winning in theory he could win all seven men's skulls and then mm-hmm. he's the only man. Like, at, you, at some point, you have to stop putting Jay in. It was, I think it was the best yeah. argument he could make. I'm not saying that his logic's perfect, just that it was the best argument he could make to everyone. No, totally. But then the women totally. started voting. Uh, what did you think of the women's votes? Yeah, it's fine. Like, they're just jumping on board because they want to keep the majority of the house because they know if the flip side happens, you don't want to stand out in any way. So as soon as everyone's just voting for Jay, you do the same thing because you don't want to be the one to stand to stand out because if the flip side happens next week and the decision needs to be made, there's no way to decipher between, oh, well, what did Mel do last week? What did Kayla do last week? What did Nani do last week? They all did the same yep. thing. It's smart. But there's, t- it's there's smart. two votes. And Jay's mad. Jay's mad. And on a level, I kind of do get why, he, why he's mad. But as Kayla says, welcome to the challenge. And it's a great point because I keep bringing up last season where Jordan and Tori had to go in every single week. It was just them rotating, going in, and taking people out. That's just what happens on there's the show. Two- and they weren't even rookies, right? They're not rookies. There's two votes that I have to point out, though. One is Kayla, who votes for Jay over Bear. And Bear takes this as a Obviously. sign of her true love and undying affection. Mm-hmm. And then D votes for Jay and her logic that she articulates out. into She puts this out into the world. Is that she says, Bear and Rogan are great friends or brothers and if bear goes in and gets eliminated rogan will be miserable and then i'm going to be miserable she says this to the guy who I'm, she made out with i'm gonna be honest like five six days before i i tune her out i tune her out i can't That's even fair, lie to you i tune like, her out holy shit like vote vote for Kyle, vote for Wes. Like, just burn your vote if you have to. Like, 
Rogan is your ex-boyfriend, yeah. but some, some, I think that something has happened that we have not seen on camera, like that they haven't shown us yet, where Rogan and Dee are basically speaking as if they're back together. And yeah. like Jay's and the I mean, scapegoat, which like you and I had said earlier that like Jay should not have made out with D because he should not have like, because it, it was never going to work out well for him, right? Like he was just the pawn between D and Rogan, but like it's fucked up that they're essentially back together after he hit on Jen and she made out with Jay. Like they are have one of those like toxic relationships that are just the worst. Yeah, totally. I just think they're both trying to do the most to stay relevant and have storylines on the show. Um, but we get our uh, a club C. Not much really happens. I mentioned how much I enjoyed Nelson's hat. Um, Rogan, I guess the biggest thing to come out is Rogan saying if it's physical, he wants yeah. in. And... That's kind of the biggest thing that to happen through the club scene, other than the fact that obviously Bear and Kayla are drunk. And as I mentioned last week, you know, when you see the club scene, sometimes it's not about the club scene. It's about the after party, mm-hmm. right? And in this after party, Kayla and Bear, they're flirting. Kayla says, I like hanging out with you, but I have a boyfriend. And she asks if Bear had called his girlfriend since he's been here. I didn't even know that Bear had a girlfriend. Do you think he... I had no idea. I did not know that. Do you think he's called his cousin, though? (laughs) Right? Good callback. Good callback. And he says, no, he hasn't called his girlfriend because there's someone in the house that he likes. And Nani and Kyle are just blatantly spying on him. Kyle said it. He's like, like, I'm just watching you two. (laughs) I love Kyle. (laughs) Kyle... I said it already. Kyle's having a great season. So uh, my line of the episode is Bear's pretend phone call (laughs) to Kayla's boyfriend, where he says, hello, hello, Kayla's boyfriend. How are you? Good, good, good. Who am I? I'm the guy who stole your boyfriend. Don't be angry. Pack your bags. I'm moving in. (laughs) So and at this moment, I was already laughing. Okay, and I was already thinking. I was laughing, thinking that I was gonna say they're gonna play like it's Mr. Steal Your Girl. They're gonna play some Trey songs or something, right? In my mind, that's what I was thinking. I was like, ah, that would be a funny name for the episode, Mr. Steal Your Girl. That's what I was thinking. And then, in one of the greatest editorial decisions made in possibly challenge history. What song did they decide to play? The Offsprings, <laughs> Pretty Fly for a White Guy, which was so perfect. Oh, my God. It was I, so and good. And, like, The Offspring are a guilty I just pleasure. Wa- hold on, hold on. I want to take a second. I would like to take a second to give a slow clap to whoever's decision that was. Because that, that was just great. Well done. Bravo. Salute to you. Great job by whoever's idea that was. So good, and that is what I think the name of the episode okay. is. Yeah, I, I'll co-sign on that. I, right. I need to break before we get to the bathroom, which is a whole other thing. I got to break a couple things down <laughs> here to a net to okay. analyze the situation. Okay, because there's mm-hmm. there's some subtle things at work here, and I know you got them because you're very smart. You you understand human behavior, but for our listeners, I need to point out three things that happen that were indications of what were to co- of what was to come. 
first of all, when Bear and Kayla were talking about how they're both in relationships, and also earlier when Kayla was talking to Jenna, at no point do they use their significant other's names, which if you think about it, is Smart. a really weird way to talk about someone that you've been in a relationship, mm. especially with the conversation between Jenna and Kayla, where I think Jenna used to date Kayla's boyfriend, Mikey. His name's Mikey. Mikey P. Because he's also a, reali- okay. a reality TV guy. But, okay. Like, if like if you're talking to one of your closest friends about your boyfriend, you would say Mikey. You wouldn't say my situation back home. You know what I mean? That was Kayla mm-hmm. on some level mentally distancing. I don't think Bear needs any help mentally distancing himself from this girlfriend that we hadn't heard about until this conversation. But the fact that they're not using names, like if you're serious about staying loyal, you're using your significant other's name because you're trying to remind yourself of their existence. You're humanizing them. If you don't use their name, you're dehumanizing them, putting them out of your mind. Second of all, that conversation that they were having on a couch with two witnesses was very performative. That conversation was not between the two of them. That conversation was for Kyle and for Nani and for the cameras. That was, that was to reassure everyone that they were not interested. And then the final subtle thing that happened was that Kayla announced that she was going to the bathroom because that was a signal to Bear that he was going to go to the bathroom too. Mm-hmm. Right? You announced totally. that fully knowing that the person you're interested in is going to join you two or three minutes later. Signed sincerely, someone who has made out in a lot of bathrooms. <laughs> that's that's Fair the enough. signal. And that was the move. And this point and this point was emphasized because obviously Kayla says when they're in the bathroom and her confessional, she's like, oh, I didn't think the cameras caught that. And that's because she's thinking of the other camera and not like the robo camera that's like obviously in the corner, yeah. like kind of like a security camera. Yep. Right. Which I don't know how she could not know that. Like clearly she's just drunk because you got to know if you've been on the challenge long enough, you know, they have those cameras in every single room. Yeah. Right. So she had to know that. But also. You know, as a wise man once said, when the Remy's in the system, right? So, I thought it was funny, and I thought just the playful back and forth with the producer in the confessional asking if Bear was a good kisser, and she's just blushing, and she's like, do I have to answer that? Like, I just found that pretty funny, just that whole thing. Um, And it made me wonder... The whole time we kept talking about Kayla's boyfriend, but we never even thought about Bear's girlfriend. Like, where does she play into this whole thing in terms of her watching all this, right? That part's pretty funny. But all in all, we knew this moment was coming. We did. So it's not a surprise. So I've saved this in reserve for this moment because, Sheldon, I know that you don't keep up with the off-season gossip like I do, in part because you try to avoid spoilers, and as I said earlier this episode of You Killed It, I don't, I don't avoid spoilers to the level you do. So when someone cheats, there's often push factors and pull factors. 
the pull factor yeah. would be bears animal magnetism. That's a little bear pun for you kids. The push factor is that according to Kayla, her boyfriend back home, Mikey, cheated on her all the time and that his infidelity was a running issue in their relationship. She said that okay. in a tweet, and I got this source. It was all put together by, I'm going to give credit where it's due, CheatSheet.com, Tamara Grant wrote about this back on February 17th. So if you want to like look up uh, Kayla, Mikey P, cheating, there's an article that breaks it down. And sure enough, when she got back, allegedly, this is all allegedly, lots of alleged, but allegedly, when she got back, the entire time she was in the Czech Republic, he was enjoying himself back home in Las Vegas. So, not surprising. Not surprising. Uh, they live in Las Vegas, to be clear. It's not like you made a trip for like a boys' weekend. They lived in Las Vegas. So she never, she essentially never moved back to Las Vegas. When she got back from the Czech Republic, she spent time with Bear and his family in England, and then went to Las Vegas to break up with Mikey, picked up her stuff, and then moved to Florida, where she and Nani are now roommates. They both live in Florida, and Marie lives in Florida as well. They hang out all the time, as you've <laughs> probably seen on social media. And she now has a new boyfriend. Whole other story. Yeah. But my point is that, not to defend her actions, but she probably was, although she'd been with Mikey for a long time, they're having problems as well. Relationships yeah. are more complicated. It's not black and white. That's just my point. To defend Kayla. She should not have done this. But it's also not great. Like, it's a, it's a no, bad no, no, relationship I got you. in general. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, so moving on a little here, we get to the tribunal. And Josh is doing all the talking, of course. And they end up selecting Rogan, Nelson, and Wes. And Nelson again finds himself in trouble, which I don't even know how or why Nelson continues to be brought in because he's not doing anything to this anyone. Has to be the but most keeps getting pro Nelson episode we've ever had. He's done nothing wrong. And like I think he's played a sound game. He hasn't gotten into trouble. He hasn't gone into fights. He's not hooking up with anyone. I don't know why he's yeah. getting this heat. Continue, please. Super weird for sure. Um and I thought at this point, I thought, wait, I th I didn't know who was going to go in. I really wasn't sure. But Josh thinks that he's running the house. And the biggest thing to come out of this tribunal is him versus Wes. And this conversation was one of the better things to happen in recent memory on the challenge. So Josh says, it's going to be a me versus a you versus me thing. And I'm thinking, wait, where did this come from? Like, where did this start? I don't really get it. And I think Wes had the biggest boss move, boss line, I've heard in a while. He says, you want to make this a Wes and Josh thing. I will never come at you. It will never be a thing. You can come at me all you want, but this will never be a thing. I go for people who I can beat in a final. <laughs> I don't come here for this. I come here to win a million dollars. 
To which Josh says, well, this doesn't have to be a thing. We can dead it right now. And if that changes, then, I mean, I guess we're going at each other again. Wes's response, no, 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 no. Again, this isn't an each other thing. (laughs) You can come at me all you want. I do not come here to go after the worst player here. Close quote. And I love how they cut it the first time around because it was with all the tension. And then the second time around when they came back from commercial break, they cut to the wide shot for the entire team's reaction. And both Jenny and Swaggy are laughing at Josh, but they're trying to like keep their head down to pretend as if they're not laughing at him. <laughs> and Josh is... I mean, if Wes was trying to avoid it, I was with him right up until the end. But then I don't even care. I approve of his message overall. Because Josh is an idiot. Who's gassing Josh? I'm with Wes 100% here. That that gif that's been used for everything of the, like, uh, pallbearers, like, dancing with the casket, that's what the producer should have played next. Like, that is... (laughs) That was the combo breaker. That was the Mortal Kombat fatality. That was stone cold. That was... Yeah. Such a death blow. And like, Josh is so dumb, he doesn't understand what just happened to him. Like, he just no. got murked verbally by Wes. Like, Wes just said, Yeah. We don't have a rivalry because you are so far beneath me that you're not worth it. And you know what? Wes is right. Like, Wes, is, Wes has bigger fish to fry. Wes has to worry about Jordan. Like, Jordan is a player, Jordan wins. Jordan is lethal yeah. in finals. Jordan is lethal in eliminations. Jordan is also coming for Wes. That's a problem. That's a problem. Josh is not a problem. Josh doesn't have votes. Josh isn't good in eliminations. Josh has never seen a final. Like, Josh is not part of the conversation. And, like, the matter-of-fact way. Like, I don't think... Wes was even trying to insult him, which is even more insulting. Like, I think, like, Wes wasn't trying to score points. Wes was just trying to be like, no, bro, we don't have a rivalry. I'm not coming for you. Stop wasting my time. Like, this is not, stop trying to make fetch happen. Like, what, what, just like. Yeah, it was really good. And even afterwards, when Josh is trying to defend himself to the rest of his team, and he's saying, this is why I don't like Wes. He's always trying to discredit people. And, you know, that's why I had to humble him. And I thought about it, and I was like, wait a second. What is Josh even talking about it? So I had to go back and and think about what he was saying, right? Like, what do you mean you had to humble Wes? Like, when did this happen? And so I went back to last season to, like, wait a second. What happened? And Okay, did Josh play a hand in sending Wes home? Yes. Yes, he did. But he did it, and it was one of the dumbest moves in challenge history. In fact, for that episode when Josh sent Wes home, this is what I said on that podcast. Quote, I'm not picking an MVP. I'm picking an LVP. Josh is the LVP of all LVPs, as in least valuable players. In this one episode alone, he cheered for Georgia to expose his ally for nothing because you're still not getting it in with Georgia. In the same episode, he volunteered to be the speaker so that he could make sure to put one of the other team's best players in. And not only did he not do that, 
But instead, you eliminated one of your own team's best players in Wes, and you claim that you took your shot before Wes took his, but no, Josh, you're at the bottom of the ladder anyways, because you suck at challenges, and you're super annoying. You piss off your teammates. Again, you made their team stronger by making your team weaker. That, my friends, is what Josh is saying he did last season to humble Wes, which makes no sense. It's, right? Like, d- does he think we forgot about what happened just last season on this show? I, as I said, Josh is so dumb, he doesn't understand what just happened. Like, he doesn't... And, like, Swaggy... I'll give Swaggy C credit. In confessional, he's like... He doesn't understand that Wes is... Do- that Josh is doing exactly what Wes wants. That when Josh says, I'll see you in the final... That's what Wes wants. Wes wants to go to the final because he has his eye on the prize, as Josh should. And like, hold on, Wes wants to go to the finals with you, yeah. Josh, because he could beat you in the final. Like the one thing that Josh understands is that he was just disrespected, but he doesn't understand how deep a burn it was. Right, like he's still in shock from the car crash, the verbal car crash that he just went through. And like I said, like Wes wasn't even that wasn't for show. Like that wasn't for play. That wasn't a performance. That wasn't shit talk. That was just like, ah, uh, like this isn't this isn't happening. Like we're not going to be like partners on Rivals season four. <laughs> like get out of here. And I, I will tell you, yeah, I've never revealed this before. Wes had told me once that there was another person on the show he asked me to never say who but Wes once told me that there's someone who's a regular on the challenge that he hates that he hates more than Johnny Bananas that he hates like with a burning incredible passion and he hates them so much that he makes a point of not ever fighting with them on camera so because he doesn't want to end up on a season of rivals with them like that's the level that Wes is thinking on where he's thinking like if I come back and it turns out it's a rivals season and I get paired with Josh I'm gonna fucking kill myself so Wes is just like burying it now because Wes is thinking like seasons from now that he doesn't want to end up being partnered with Josh at some point and I can't blame him because I mean, let's put it this way. Is Josh the worst player in this game? Like, is Wes's assessment correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's hard to... He's certainly bottom tier. Swaggy C and Bailey might be in the conversation, but they're unproven. Big T, maybe... But, like, I can also see, like, pros to Swaggy C and Bailey. Like, Swaggy C and Bailey have a better alliance than anything Josh has. Big T, I think, is better liked. Right? Like, we haven't really seen what they can do. I'd say Swaggy's in better shape. And Bailey's, like, uh, Josh might actually be the worst player in the game. Wes could be correct. Yeah. It's and in I the mean, conversation. For, further to this, right, is the whole thing that Josh is talking such a big game, but in no way is there any mention of him actually going in to the elimination well, either. And to, 
right? Which is a weirder part of this whole thing because for the second week in a row, there's not even a thought given to whether or not those two guys who are in the tribunal, if they want to go in. And I thought it was funny how much TJ was calling them out for that. Well, to that point, um, when they go to purgatory, Swaggy and Josh are not dressed to possibly compete. No. And, like, in my mind, if you're on the tribunal and don't yet have a red skull, I think, and it's, like, your gender that's competing, I think you have to dress to compete so you at least have the option. Yeah, but they know they want no smoke. That's my point. Right? And if you don't want the smoke at all, why even waste time and get dressed? As soon as they walk in, it's a headbanger. It's balls in. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. they rename it to fireball, but they address that and will address that in a moment. But this is a competition that Josh could win. Like, Josh is a big dude. Jay's a little dude. It's a headbanger. He He could have, in theory, gone in and gotten himself a red skull. But if you want to actually compete, yeah. which he doesn't want to actually compete, not. right? I'm so, just saying, that's if Josh thing. was smarter, like if I'm in that house and I, once you learn that you can volunteer yourself, I'm getting dressed for battle every time, just in case. Like if, if it's like a, yeah. like if I'm on the challenge and they're like, oh yeah, it's a Canadian history battle. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm the only Canadian here. Like, and I'm on the tribunal. I'm going in just because I can. You know what I mean? Like, you never know if there's something that so firmly plays to your strengths. You want to be in a position to shoot your shot. But to your point, Swaggy and Josh don't want that smoke at all. And I loved how TJ, in particular, gave Swaggy C a hard time about it. And they cut to Bailey looking like she was ready to jump the banister. And fight TJ Lavin. Like, Bailey, you gotta relax. People are gonna, like, that's the nature of the beast. People are gonna take a run at Swaggy at some point. They're gonna take a run at Swaggy. Totally. And so we've known that Rogan wanted in as long as it was a physical challenge. So Rogan, Rogan goes down. He's hyped up. He's ready to go. And I don't know if I forgot that Rogan was a rugby player. Like, I, I totally forgot that. Like, I feel like it was mentioned at some point. Yeah. But I totally just forgot. But as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, it's a wrap. Yeah. And I already thought it was a wrap, but I was holding out. There's a, you know me, I always hold out the possibility of the producers trying to, like, trick us. So I was holding out a little bit thinking, oh, well, maybe they're just saying that to hype it up. But as soon as he said, oh, he plays rugby, I was like, oh, this is a wrap He's for done. sure. Jay has no chance. <laughs> then it starts... And you could tell, we say anytime on the challenge when there is a contact, right? Like it's a contact elimination or a contact challenge, you either want the smoke or you don't. Meaning you're embracing the contact or you don't. And it doesn't matter about how big you are or how strong you are. It's just your willingness to suffer contact. And Jay, as soon as it starts and you're flat-footed, bro, it's a wrap. And Rogan tackles him slams him to the ground and that's this is how the episode ends and i'll be honest i'm okay with this cliffhanger because you know it's making it seem like he's hurt and all that and he could still get up and continue he's gonna lose anyways right like even if he does get up and continue he's gonna lose because rogan's a rugby player but 
I was okay with this cliffhanger. And I'll say this. I don't think the hit was as bad as they made it out to be. I, I'd say this. Right? I thought it was a clean hit. And it wasn't even really a hit. It was that Jay fell down awkwardly. So the first replay, I thought that what happened was that he he sort of plant like his outer foot was lifted and then he planted it hard so i thought it was like going to be an ankle or a knee like a ligament tear or a tendon popping or something like i thought it could be along those lines and then they were saying that it looked like he landed badly on his arm and it looked like his arm was broken his arm didn't look broken to me maybe they had a different angle but like from what we were shown from the cameras it just it looked like he was in pain and it was like probably maybe it sounded like he had the wind knocked out of him which would be the best case scenario out of the three um we got some questions though from listeners let's address those so first up we have mona seven excuse me i just hit puberty mona seven said did you see how uh she said that rogan is such a coward did we see how he used Jay's head to push himself up? I did not see that. Did you see that? Yeah, but he did kind of, but whatever. That's, that happens that's in football. football thing. Like, that's standard. Yeah, like that's fine. That happens. That He'd get a flag for unnecessary roughness, five-yard penalty, whatever. Mo- Move on. I'm okay doesn't like that. Apparently, I haven't checked Twitter this morning, but apparently uh, Rogan was bragging about it on Twitter. And Mona didn't like that, which, okay, fair enough. Hold on, as he should be. Right? No, like, about listen, pushing I'm his all head for down. talking shit if you back it Apparently, up. Apparently, Rogan is bragging about, like, pushing his head into the sand. Totally fine with that, too. They were talking shit to each other, and Rogan, I'm totally okay with talking shit as long as you back it up. And he told them, hey, if I get in there with a headbanger, I'm going to fold you. And he did. So I'm okay with uh, that. Mona also wants to know. If Jay has to uh, leave because of an injury, do we think that Rogan should get a red skull? Because if Jay has to leave right after that slam, then technically Rogan didn't win. Uh, No, I completely disagree. Of course he should get a skull. And in fact, if he eliminates him from the game, he should get all of his red skulls too. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... I mean, here's here's my counter-argument. I think that, like, if this was a combat sport like boxing or MMA, if you're injured, you lose. And, like, I know this isn't a combat sport, but also, like, put it this way. When Rogan, when it's Rogan's turn to, like, put the ball away, which, by the way, we didn't even talk about it. The ball's on fire. We skipped over that part. <laughs> so unnecessary, right? It doesn't make a difference because they're like covered in fire retardant gear. But if, um, but in theory, now Rogan can just like walk and put the ball in. You know what I mean? Like it's a essentially a default because Rogan can now just like walk and put the ball in three times. Game over. Um, Lucas, it's Lucas Wyatt uh, sent us two messages. Uh, two questions. He tweeted at us, how delusional is Josh? You would think losing to Jordan in a tug-of-war challenge would have humbled him, uh, which, I mean, we already addressed. It has not humbled him. It should. Josh has no self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And then Lucas also asked, 
There's been a lot of hard hits during headbanger eliminations. Rogan's hit on Jay was really bad. Was that the hardest hit in the history of the show? What do you think, Sheldon? Uh, so I'm going to follow up with this because this is another I'm going to have this comment piggyback on the one you just read. Uh, this one was sent to me by Sarah and Sarah says, uh, not sure if you finished watching yet, but as someone who played rugby for 10 years myself, you learn how to tackle someone and make it stick even to make a point without throwing them like a rag doll or causing serious bodily harm. Rogan's tackle was vicious and made with ill intent. That's interesting insight. So, I don't think it was the hardest hit we've seen on the challenge. Like, even if you go back to last season, I think, uh, was it Tori against Jenny? Yeah. Right? Like, that was harder, I think. Like, we've seen harder hits than that. I, I, part I will agree with Sarah on was he definitely threw him down like a ragdoll to make a point. Right? Which, it's the challenge. Like, Yes, is that illegal in football? Yes, you can't do that to Tom Brady. You'd probably get thrown out of the I, game. Can you do that in rugby? Probably not. I don't know if you can. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the rules of rugby. I don't think you can. They have penalties where you but, go to the sin bin. So for the disrespect, like pushing his head down and stuff, I think he'd go to the sin bin for that. Mm-hmm. That's at the referee's discretion. But again, the reason why the challenge is the fifth major North American sport is because shit like this can happen, right? Like the challenge is not a safe sport. It just isn't. So I don't think it's the hardest hit we've seen on the challenge, but it is a very hard hit. And would it be illegal in other sports? Yes. But as we keep saying, all is fair in love, war, and the challenge. And when you talk shit, Hey, that might happen. And Jay talked shit. Jay made out with dude's girl. All these things that he was doing that he knew weren't really like cool moves. Hey, man, shit happens. And I don't even rep Rogan like that. I really don't. But on this side of what's going on, I'm going to give Rogan credit to here. To answer Lucas's question, in my mind, I think there's a lot of hard hits the the hit that i always show people when i show like how bad it can be on the challenge uh yes exactly the pain train sheldon's calling for the pain train when ct body checked johnny bananas and tyler at the same time this is prime ct and like the best shape of his life on i guess it was the first season of rivals he just i don't even know what season it was but yeah i think it was the, Oh, yeah, it was, because CT's partnered with Adam. And he, I mean, Johnny Bananas probably weighs like 185 pounds to 200 pounds. Tyler probably weighs about the same. And he body checked both of them. And, like, they were out. There's also on cut. Also, just his description of (laughs) choo-choo. And, like, CT was in the best shape of his life at that point. Like, CT, this is pre-CT, like... Had his head screwed on right, but also still, like, no dad bod yet. Um, Also, there's a competition. I can't remember what it's called. uh, But on Cutthroat, where they're on, like, a raised platform, and they have riot gear. And they have to, like, shove each other off. And I think it was Derek K. Basically had to take on everyone at once. And he was, like, bleeding from his mouth and, like, getting, like demolished by like Dunbar and like other people and I want to say 
why am I bl- and Brad Brad and Dunbar just bullying Derek who's much smaller two examples not the hardest hit I think what contributed to it though was to your point that you gotta want the contact and because Jay did not want the contact he landed badly like this sounds fucked up to say but like if you play a contact sport you learn how to take a hit and I don't think Jay knows how to take a hit not to blame the victim here but like you know that it's actually not worth your while to put a foot down you know what I mean like you're better off landing on your side and rolling right like it's better to like try to get on your back and like roll with it whereas he put out a leg and an arm hence why it looks so bad and like I really like Jay and I hope to see him back on other seasons I don't want him to be injured um but like Rogan's playing fairly and it is what it is I do think if I were Jay like in your heart of hearts you have to know that you don't want to get hit and if you don't want to get hit acknowledge that to yourself and make your strategy based off of that like if I were him and I didn't want to be hit I would have banked on being faster than Rogan and tried to run in a spiral and like see if you can like outpace Rogan maybe have Rogan trip or fall and like try to spiral and like outmaneuver him and get closer in but instead he tried a juke move which is not going to work but I'm saying like from the hop immediately like start running around the ring and try to like cut your way in and make Rogan catch you rather than like try to deke him out that's that's my only thought on yeah he he yeah, he messed up because he was flat-footed, yeah. right? And, like, you're engaging in contact flat-footed, you're going to lose. And also, you were standing straight up against someone who's low to the ground. And shouts to Coach Domenico, always used to say, lowest man wins. So, uh, he got dummied. And it's a wrap. You know, That's one it. thing that we didn't say that maybe we should have considered is that the I think the instinct would be to put the ball under your elbow so that you can like give someone the Yule Heisman and like stiff arm them. But -hmm. because it's on fire, you kind of have to hold it in your hand, which makes it harder to stiff arm. Yeah, no, definitely plays a role. Definitely plays a role. Fairness to Jay. Um, So we've heard your line of the episode, right? Yes? Yep. My line of the episode, and there's a lot of great lines. My line of the episode was Kayla, when she comes out of the bathroom after making out with Bear, drunkenly, like, comes right into the camera and goes, oh, and is, like, surprised. I know it wasn't, like, a quip and it wasn't, like, super clever, but it made me laugh so hard where she's like, oh, my God, why is there a camera here? <laughs> and just, like, it showed, like, she was so drunk. I'm like, ah, it's so good. Made me laugh a lot. Unbent Flow asks... Can't wait to see who killed it this week. Maybe TJ for putting Swaggy on blast? Good moves were few and far between in this episode. So Sheldon, Unbent Flow, and I ask, who killed it for you this week? Uh, My MVP of the episode, and I mean, this could come back to bite me because we don't know what happens. Like, Jay could come back and win (laughs) in the next episode. Do I think that's going to happen? No. So in terms of what I just saw, I'm giving it to Rogan. Rogan, because for whatever reason, and I disagree about him and D, I don't even care about him and D, but for whatever reason, he caught feelings, and for whatever reason, he felt a certain type of way, because 
you know, Jay played along with Dee's plan to make out with them and or to make out with her and make Rogan jealous. Rogan didn't like it. Rogan said he didn't like it. He said he wanted to go in to an elimination against him to to hurt him and also avenge CT losing. All of these things Rogan said, and then he did it. So if you know me, I'm for shit talking as long as you back it up. And even though I don't rep Rogan on this show, he talked shit and he backed it up in a big way. And for that, Rogan, you killed it. You are my MVP of the episode. I think that's a good pick. But I'm going for an LVP. And I think you know who I'm going to say. My LVP is Josh. Because he just took such a hard L in that tribunal. And, like, talk about playing the game wrong. Where someone has repeatedly, publicly said that they are not gunning for you. And that they will never gun for you. In front of everyone. Like, he just, like... I would have assumed that Swaggy and Bailey would have been like his his Josh's natural allies. Swaggy's going to be coming back to Bailey, getting under their custom-made blanket with photos of them and saying, "You won't believe I just saw our ally Josh get dummied verbally by one of the biggest names in this house that has an alliance. We get, we can't be ride or die for Josh." We don't want any part of this. Like, we need to cut ties publicly. You know what I mean? Like, he lost so much face. And it's all of his own doing, right? Like, Wes has given him, aside from being condescending, Wes has given him no reason to go after him. As I said earlier in the episode, Wes publicly criticized people for attacking Laurel and Josh on Twitter and on social media. Like, Wes has not done wrong by you. So to ha- try to, like, create some sort of vendetta is ridiculous. Like, you're just bringing this on yourself, man. So, Josh, no, you I get told- the LVP. For sure. Like, come on, bro. No, I hear you. And the, and the biggest reason why Josh takes the L here is because it doesn't take much. And if you didn't watch last season's of the challenge it doesn't take much to go back and realize that josh really messed up so bad when he was manipulated by laurel to flip the vote and get wes out which was a huge turning point in last season that sort of paved the way for what the main topic was last year of jordan and tory switching teams and then making the uk team a thing and then winning so like Josh's whole narrative that he's trying to spin that him and Wes have this rivalry because he took him out is false. But again, this is a guy who won Big Brother that didn't really deserve to win Big Brother. So, hey, more power to you, Josh. Let's see how it works out for you. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Hill. Uh, not to like break our arms patting ourselves on the back, but you heard in this episode how much 
we will read out comments and questions. I think we have four or five people whose comments and questions we read out. So like, if you, if you reach out to us, you will hear from us. Um, and we will likely read out your question if we remember. That, that's the only thing holding us back is sometimes we forget. And sometimes we have a hot week on Twitter and your mentions fall by the wayside. Uh, but for sure, always reach out to us. We always appreciate it. We always get back to you. And when possible, we will read out your questions when we can. Yeah, I mean, all that's going on now in my mentions is all Jordan Doc. And we've been doing a Jordan Doc pod on the On Blast Network. And so watch, that's I about gotta it. watch the episodes uh, three and four this afternoon. I have a, a video call that I do with my friend Siobhan Morris. Shout out to Shomo. Uh, where we were watching them together. So that's my going to be my afternoon. Um, cool, cool, so I've cool. Been staying out of staying out of those mentions. But great stuff. If you're a sports fan, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. They usually post them on Netflix by Monday. So check it out. It's good shit. Yeah, it's on Netflix in Canada in the States. It's on ESPN Sunday there nights. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You can